Hello there. Welcome to another episode of the Oblivious Maximus podcast. Um, today, or for this episode, my guest is my friend Stu Emanuel. Um, Stu and I have been friends for a long time now. Um, and yes, yeah, Stu has his own podcast that he does with uh, Tom Whalen called Stu and Tom's Podcast. Very fitting title. Um, and he had me on there as a guest a couple months ago now, so I thought it was about time that I repaid the favour. Um, yeah, Stu's got some interesting stories to tell, and we had some good discussion about religion and about straight edge and about music, and yeah, it was a really cool chat. Um, real quick, I just wanted to say thanks again to everyone that's been checking out the podcast from overseas. Um, follow us on Twitter, the Oblivious Max Pod, and on Instagram and Facebook, it's just Oblivious Maximus Podcast. And then the website is www.obliviousmaximuspodcast.com. So chuck us a follow, give me some suggestions, give me some advice if you've got it. Otherwise, I got more cool guests coming up, and I should have another episode online uh, sometime this week. Um, but yeah, anyway, here's episode number eight with Stu. Enjoy. Brutal. Okay. Podcast, go. Fuck yeah. Here's Stu. What's cheers? Look at your big bottle. Yeah, here's this one. (laughs) Good one. Alright, so... That's non-alcoholic, by the way. Always for Stu. A non-alcoholic big bottle. (laughs) Um, Okay, I'll start them. Same as all the other ones. How, what was your initial... Uh, like, where did your initial interest in music spark from? It sparked from my dad, and yep. it's really weird because yeah. it, it shouldn't have happened. Because <laughs> my dad is a super conservative Christian. Okay, but I didn't actually know that that much about you. That his uh, his favorite band is the Beatles. Yeah, everything pre Sergeant Pepper's. Though. Okay, as nothing soon, trippy. Yeah, as as soon as that happened, he's like, no. Nah, <laughs> dog shit <laughs> yeah but um yeah he, he just he used to well obviously when i was a kid cars yeah. didn't have cd players yeah so he had he just had these tapes like back-to-back tapes of beatles and yeah. it'd be like you know hard day's night yeah um twist and shout which is my favorite song as a kid oh, loved yeah. it so just because they had the you know, there's that, that bit at the end, and they're like, <laughs> and it's like, man, they're having a sick time. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> a little freak out. Bit yeah. yeah. Um, and yeah, I, just, I can just remember just sitting in the back of the car, just like, this is sick. And, like, yeah. and my dad would sing along and I'd be like, this is cool. Like this, yeah. this kind of music is just a, just a really good time. Yeah, that's awesome. But then um, my mum would have have a tape as well and it was cliff richard oh great wired for sound yeah and yeah it just had like all weird like there were like synthesizer parts yeah and, yeah and i was just like wow this is like this is so cool like all these yeah. all these crazy sounds you know yeah. what i mean 
And um, those are two like really awesome introductions to just like a knowledge base of music, though. To yeah, looking back on it though, I'm pretty sure <laughs> I'm pretty sure Cliff Richard was in there just because he was like full on outspoken <laughs> Christian as well, and they're like, right, yeah. oh yeah, he, this this is it's, awesome, it's amazing, yeah. But um, yeah, it's like Cliff Richard and the Beatles is yeah. what what set it off. That's pretty cool, and. So did that, like, interest in music for you sort of just develop as the years went by? Was it was music something you always, like, felt an attachment to? Well, as, I mean, like, I had, as a, as a child, I had a really vivid memory. Yeah. And that kind of fucked with me a right. lot. Because, I mean, like, I have one of my clearest memories as a little kid. Yeah. Is being home alone. Yeah. Probably, like, seven or eight years old. And because I lived in New Zealand for a little bit when I was a kid, right? And they had—I don't know if they had a had the show on here, but there was a show called The Afternoon Show on ABC, mm-hmm. and that Michael Tun hosted it. He yeah, used to yeah. be on Triple J. Yeah, yeah. And I remember they played the Thriller video once. Yeah. And I was lying on my mum's bed, just being like, "Oh, this is cool! Look at that, Michael Jackson!" Yeah. Holy shit, he's turning into a monster. <laughs> Oh my god, there's monsters everywhere. And I can just remember just getting terrified. And I'm like, there's a monster in the house. Yeah. And pushing open my mum's bedroom window. Yeah. And climbing out. And it was probably like a, (laughs) you know, seven foot drop, ten foot drop. And just tumbling out into the backyard. And then climbing up this tree and being like, it's alright, they can't get me here. Yeah. But then... There was no one home, yeah. and it started getting dark, and I was up in the tree, and I'm like, if it gets dark, the monsters are going to come out here. <laughs> and I can just remember just having a, having a meltdown, and saying yeah, like, crazy. how do I, what do I do? Got some pretty adverse reactions. <laughs> I'm just like, do you know like what I mean? Like, yeah. the monsters are in the house, now yeah. it's getting dark, the monsters are going to be outside, yeah, yeah. mum's not here, I'm stuck up in this God. tree, yeah. what do I do? How old are you at this point? It's like seven or eight. Yeah, right. Yeah. So the perfect age to just be totally consumed yeah. by fear. <laughs> Michael Jackson. Dude. Yeah. yeah well, <laughs> History would show. Um, yeah, cool. So when did you move to Australia then, from back from New Zealand? When I was nine years old. Okay. And did you move to Adelaide yep. then? Yep, straight okay. to Adelaide. And, and that's... That move... I mean, like, going to Adelaide yeah. is the thing that set it off for me, I think. And yeah. that's another reason why, you know, like, people have, you know, strong connections to their cities sure. or whatever. Like, I think Adelaide, for me, is like the... It's just where where it all took off, you know what I mean? Yeah, right. So it was somewhere that felt like home to you from the get-go, or did it take a bit of getting used to? It took a bit of getting used to, because, I mean... New Zealand is a bit of a backwards Australia. Sure. Do you know what I mean? And yeah, so like I've been there. <laughs> <laughs> like I coming, yeah. coming to Australia it was like, wow, this mm. this place is like kind of flashy, you know what right. I mean? Yeah. But um Sorry New Zealand. It's your yeah. own fault. <laughs> yeah, you're still backwards. <laughs> <laughs> um but yeah, coming to coming to Adelaide I, I went to this public school and there was a kid in a grade lower than me called David Luteris mm-hmm. and he he had an older brother yeah 
And I can remember this kid going, oh man, my brother's going to the Slayer concert tonight. And I was like, what is, what is Slayer? Yeah. And just from hanging out with him and like listening to all of this, like, um, you know, I, I found out about Slayer and he would have a tape and he'd give it to me and I'd be like, this is a bit, a bit crazy. And there's no way I can let my dad hear this because he'll... Flip it. Yeah, he'll go. He'll go absolutely mental. Mm-hmm. But I mean, like that went into like Pantera, vulgar display of power. Yeah, and um, all that kind of stuff. And I wish, I wish, I still had like my primary school pencil case. Yeah, because I mean, like just graphed up big time. Oh, just like the Slayer logo on yeah, it, yeah. and like the Pantera like block letter so sick. logo. Yeah. Like you know, like. R-A-T-M Jitsu Machine on Like it'd be like a A kind of like a hipster's Paradise If you could turn that pencil case into a jacket Or something (laughs) It'd be like This is the best Something someone could sell for a hundred dollars now So was that like Where Was like the The sort of school friendships The catalyst then For Dropping well into like Alternative music Yeah well I, I mean I think so, like, I just associated, um, listening to music with friends as having a good time. Sure. Do you know what I mean? And then, um, slowly as I got older, just hanging out, listening to music started being skateboarding and listening to music. And, um, yeah, I guess like the, the two things kind of went hand in hand and then like through skateboarding yeah that kind of led into into a bit of a wider yeah view yeah. on things just through you know music through skate videos and stuff like that yeah yeah so that was introducing you to other things as well then yeah, yeah. i mean and i mean like all those um i mean there's that old melbourne skate video called tweakage and there's yeah. like mind snare and earth crisis in it Amazing. Which, I mean, at the time, I was like, this sucks. It's terrible. <laughs> this, is, this is shit. Like, yeah. Put on that Put on that body jar song. That's it. <laughs> yeah. But um, it wasn't until I got to high school and I met this kid called Dan Warburton. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's where everything, like music, started taking more of a serious yeah. note. His older sister... Rachel was in a band called Hone, mm-hmm. which then became Edison. Right. Um, and yeah, she was really good friends with another guy called Darren Thompson, who yeah. played guitar in a band called Think Tank. Yeah. And he ran uh, Sure Shot Records, mm-hmm. which would become Strategy Records. Yeah, yeah. And I guess like through those and all all of that was Christian as well. So through those like Christian channels. Yeah. Um, yeah, there was like, I found there was this whole other music scene. Yeah. Right. And, uh, it was, it was just like, wow. Yeah. So net having been brought up in a Christian sort of household, Mm -hmm. did that, when you first started getting into sort of like heavier music, was that something that you saw, was that like a rebellion as such, or was it just something you were like, like you said, like you didn't want your dad to sit well, here. 
I, I can... Or was it something that you just sort of like, you liked, but you didn't want them to know well, that you liked it? I mean, I, th- I think a lot of it came out of the fact that if my dad ever heard me listening to it, he'd be like, what is this? Yeah, yeah. And he'd be like, oh, it's nothing, don't, don't worry about right, it. Right, right, sort of be ashamed of it. But then, you know, there's always that, uh, that mentality when you're a kid, they're like, parents hate it. Yeah. I love it. Yeah, yeah. Well, it's the same thing. I remember when I was a kid, like, watching, because I, like, I grew up in China, and when I lived in China, all the television programming that was in English was American TV. And so, like, MTV was just enormous there when I was a kid. Yeah. And then, and at the time, that was, like, when hip-hop just got, like, an enormous resurgence in, like, music videos and stuff, because they had insane music videos. And I just remember, like, listening to, like, Ice Cube or Snoop Dogg or Dr. Dre or whatever, watching their music videos, and, like, my dad just fucking hated it. And my mum hated it as well, <laughs> because it had swearing, and, like, they'd come around and see me watch it, like, I don't know, nine-year-old me or ten-year-old me watching a TV with, like... Just like half naked chicks dancing, dudes throwing money around, and I was like, "This is fucking awesome!" Like, you know, ten-year-old white boy in China thinking it was amazing. Yeah, well, but there's like, you know, like you'd put on a a Rage Against the Machine tape and Killing yeah. in the Name would play, and yeah, I, yeah, and just to, I'm, you know, just to annoy my dad, I'd be like, just play it softly, and then the "fuck you" part would come in. I just turn it up and be like, "What do you think of that?" Dad? <laughs> yeah. So I guess that then there was a slight element to, of rebellion to yeah. that as well. But so... And I guess just from growing up in in such a conservative... Yeah, had so many boundaries yeah, that and set upon you. The my outlook on life was so constricted mm-hmm. and restricted. Yeah. Like hearing these bands and hearing um, all these different opinions was just like... Yeah. You, you can think like that. Considerably like, different to what you'd been yeah, like, told in the past. You know, like you can, you don't have to do what, what people tell you to do. Like you can actually have a, have an opinion. Like <laughs> yeah, this yeah. is wild. Yeah. And yeah, I guess that's the, that's the downward spiral. Sorry, dad. <laughs> <laughs> so when you started getting sort of involved with people who were making alternative i guess music but that was did have like a christian element to it yeah was that like was that still something that was kind of like a rebellion or was that more like that took your interest because that was the life at the time that you were leading um well it it kind of gave me a a pass with my parents because they they'd hear it and would be like "Mm, this sounds kind of kind of weird you know like they'd hear Seraph's call right and it'd just be like yeah, like yeah super fast and they'd be like what is what is this and I'd be like no no it's okay it's a Christian band okay and they'd be like oh okay yeah so that was that was all okay but then you know they'd hear obviously hear shit like Rage Against the Machine or like yeah or I don't know a corn record yeah they'd yeah be like Nope. <laughs> Come on now. Yeah. Well, now half of them are fucking born again Christians. Yeah. So. so, yeah, that was. I don't know. Like, but at the same time, I felt, I felt kind of conflicted as well because yeah. you know I'd been been brought up, and pretty much force fed these set of beliefs. Yeah. But, 
so much of the I I guess at, at that time like punk music yeah um and Christian bands aside obviously mm-hmm. was just like you know think what think for yourself yeah do what feels good like you know life's too short to yeah try and be... In- encouraging like personal growth and yeah. sort of you know uh exploration of thought and that was like, and that was really conflicting because yeah. it's like but you know all my life i've been told i have to do this yeah. but i feel really really connected mm. to this message and like okay. listening to um pennywise like same old story there's that yep. there's that lyric you know i'm not cut from the same mold and right, I, right and i fully started feeling like that i'm like what do i what do yeah. i do yeah, I mean, that's an interesting thing. I mean, I, I it's really interesting for me being that I come from, well, it's sort of changed for my dad now, but like when I was a kid, both my parents were like, I'm not like staunch atheists, but like they were both like, they'd both had things happen to them in their lives mm. that had led them down a path of not, you know, having faith. Yeah. And so I was brought up in a home where it wasn't like discouraged, but it just didn't exist. Like faith had no place in my house. And the only portion of my family that did have faith lived in Australia. And I like rarely saw them. Like I remember the first time I went to church, I, it was like a Christmas service or mass or something with my, my dad's dad and his stepmom, my grandparents. And I remember like the, the whole time I was in there just thinking like, what the fuck is happening? Is yeah, this, it's, why it's, is everyone in here? Why are they all like, like so emotional yeah, about this it's, shit? It's like, weird when you start, you start <laughs> getting that, that thought mm. in your head and you start realizing what's going on and you're like, yeah, why is, you know, why is everyone dressed up in here? Yeah. And who are they trying to impress? Yeah. And you know, what's the deal with all this and getting up, sitting down, <laughs> saying everything at the same time? Yeah. Like, what? <coughs> what is this? I, and I, it's weird. Like, even when I was, when I was Christian, yeah, I never felt comfortable with that. Do you know what I mean? Like, yeah. I was always like... If with I, the, like, methodical and the practice and everything? Yeah, or just... just... Just all of it. I'm like, if I want to, you know, worship or talk to God... Yeah. I want to do it my way. Like, right. why, why do we have to, why do I have to listen to this guy at the front? Sure. And you just look around and you'd be like, half these people don't want to be here. Yeah. It's just appearance. Sure. So how, how long, okay, so what age was it when you sort of first started getting involved with this sort of like Christian element of punk and hardcore, I guess? Uh, probably 13 or 14. And that, that was obviously like a enormous chunk of your... Like adolescence, then I suppose. Yeah. Well, I mean, the first time I saw, I saw Embodiment, yeah, they were probably the the first like sure. heavy band I ever saw live. Yeah. Was and a, a big thing in Adelaide as well. Yeah. yeah. Kings of, yeah. of Adelaide at <laughs> one stage. Yeah. Um. Was it a Sure Shot Records CD uh, release show? Mm-hmm. It was at the Hilton Library. Yeah. Or the you know, the council chambers behind the library. And the only reason I went was because Hone was playing. Right. They just put me on the list. They're like, come along. Yeah, sure. And Seraph's Cole were playing, who I 
loved at the time. Yeah. Um, and I just remember, like, you know, people were like, come in, Embodiment's about to play. Yeah. It's like, who the hell is Embodiment? Yeah. And I walked in and saw them playing and was like, nope. (laughs) (laughs) A good reaction. It's like, this is shit. (laughs) Yeah. And my friend Dan is like, no, no, just just keep watching. I was like, what's he saying? All I can hear is, (laughs) it's like, this sucks. Yeah. And... Yeah, I just, I didn't like it at all. Yeah. Which is really weird, looking back on it, because, yeah, now they're one of my favourite bands. Yeah. So, and then, from there, like, was there, like, more of a concerted effort to be involved with that sort of scene, I guess, for you? Um, Because that was a fairly large portion, as I understand, of Adelaide Hardcore at the time, was the sort of Christian element to it. Yeah, well, it was it was weird at that time, especially like Christians. Yeah, had or like Christian bands in each particular genre were all at the top of their game. You yeah, know what I mean, like you had Edison and Think Tank, like in the emo scene. Uh-huh. You had Seraphs Cole uh-huh. um, in the punk scene. Like Embodiment were killing it in yeah. the in the hardcore scene. Um. But I I guess, like, at that time, because it was before hardcore and alternative yeah. music had blown up, yeah. the community of people that were going to those shows, everyone would go to the same shows, yeah. and um, the, just the community was just so tight-knit that everyone just became friends with everyone. Sure. Do you know what I mean? Like, yeah. you'd go to a show and you'd know everyone in the room. Yeah. And, um, I guess through the, the Christian element Mm -hmm. as well, um, that just helped break you into things. Like, uh, I mean, like that's how I met Footy and Laura and and like, yeah, all those dudes, like two bucks crew. Mm -hmm. Oh God. (laughs) Which is, which is actually really funny because the first couple of times I ever saw those two bucks dudes, I hated it. And we actually started the anti two bucks crew. (laughs) And we had, we had this, there was like a brief confrontation at this uh, show called Harold has a tractor. Good name. Yeah. Well, there, there was, yeah, it was like a, a fest for like, three or four years and it, it was Harold and every year Harold had something different right had a tractor one year had high pants one year like, <laughs> Jesus Christ inventive naming <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um yeah and we uh like the two bucks crew used to do human pyramids at shows and like oh God. do like the, I mean like there was a no effects show and they fully parted the pit yeah and all of them sat down in front of each other in a long line yeah. and started doing a rowboat. Oh, perfect. And Fat Mike was like, that is the coolest thing I've ever seen. <laughs> and I was like, no, Fat Mike, no! <laughs> Don't encourage them. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> I think we're doing more performance art at all the shows. <laughs> yeah. But I'd just be like, oh, for fuck's sake, stop building a human pyramid. You're, bl- you're blocking my view. Get oh, the God. fuck out of here. Yeah. But, so um, how long how long was like that uh something that you were 
like actively a part of then was there where was the turning point for you wherein you decided that uh participation in sort of organized religion wasn't something that you were going to continue down man that that wasn't till like 2007 oh wow i didn't like, know that. yeah years and years and years down okay. the track which is again i think like were you actively, like, participating in it, though, at, throughout that whole thing? Like, were you well, going to church and, like... Well, it, it's real weird. Like, back then, a whole bunch of, like, punk kids um, who were going to shows had started their own church. Right. And um, I I went along a few times, and there was a whole contentious thing there about... I don't know if you can be Christian and be straight edge. Okay. And I was like, well, I'd rather be straight edge than Christian. Okay. Because I, I just feel more connected to, to straight edge and Christianity at this point in my life. Yeah. And how old were you at this point? Uh, I don't know. 2021? 20, right. Okay. And <clears throat> yeah, like I was just like, well, I'm not going to, I'm not going to go to church anymore. Yeah. And I, I think that was the... Where it sort of started Yeah, changing. like just the ideals of Christianity and the ideals that I was... That I was learning in punk and hardcore. Yeah. Just didn't... Line up or something? Yeah, didn't, yeah. didn't go hand in hand. I mean, like, you know, there were... Um, you know, Christianity would say... Um, you know, treat people like you'd want to be treated and, um, you know, look out for everyone, you know, as you, you know, do unto others as you'd have them do unto you, which I guess is like just being a good person. But then, um, you know, I'd listen to like certain records and they'd be like, everyone's an asshole and you can't trust anyone. (laughs) Trust in yourself. Do you know what I mean? And it'd be like, yeah, like I, I'd lean more to okay. to that side. Do you know what I mean? And plus, like, fuck when, like, when you think about it, when has God ever talked to me? Yeah, yeah. I think that's a lot of people's way out too. Yeah. Um. So, <clears throat> I think everyone else I've spoken to on the podcast that is straight edge, or well, actually, no, other, well, Patty's not straight edge anymore. Sell out, cunt. But um, you said that, yeah, brick. Um, I believed in you, bro. I thought you'd make it, brick. Now you can't drive me anywhere. Um, but You're fully, how does that? How does that help? I exist now. Now the dynamic, you, the dynamic has been shattered. Cunt. The dynamic has been shattered. The last time Patty came to a show was here in Melbourne, and. Um, Jake was like, oh, I'm so keen to get Patty pissed tonight. And I was like, oh, yeah. And then we all got to the show and Patty was with us. And we all got drunk before Patty could, like, have a beer. So he had to drive us home. <laughs> <laughs> it was great. Anyway. Um, but, yeah, like, most of the other people I've had on this status I, as far as I'm aware, hmm. have all come from a background of not drinking or not indulging in illicit substances whatsoever (laughs) however as being from Adelaide and Mm -hmm. most people from there had quite a heavy like 
Oh yeah. You know, relationship <laughs> with that prior to deciding not to do it anymore. Yeah. Was that <clears throat> it, being that there was this sort of like conflict within you about strategy and religion when you first decided to do it? Was that something like was drinking and stuff like that? Was that something that it like? conflicted with your religious beliefs ever in like prior um not really man i mean like i or did you just not consider it at all i yeah i it was more like i'm a i'm a pissed off kid yeah and there's there's things going on in my life that i don't like and would rather forget Mm -hmm. and because i'm young and stupid and don't have the capacity to Work it, yeah, yeah, work it out on a reasonable level. Yeah, I'm going to smoke a lot of weed. Yeah, and I'm going to drink a lot of booze and mm-hmm. try and forget about it temporarily. Yeah, that'll do it. <laughs> that'll... Yeah, well, yeah, it did do it. Yeah. <laughs> so when what was I mean? Obviously, like again, most people that I've spoken to, um, obviously hardcore and stuff is like that's what brings people to that path. Generally yeah. speaking. But was that, was it something you had been like considering and like thinking about, or was it just like one day you woke up and realized like, this is something I need to do? Well, I had, I'd known what straight edge was just from, um, seeing dudes like Weber and and Ben Coit around the place. And, um, and I'd always been like straight edge. Yeah. (laughs) It's just, that's stupid. Yeah. Why would you want to go through life not drinking at all? Like, sure. It's just, this shit's for losers. Yeah. But, um, I moved into, um, a house with a few dudes. Yeah. And it was this, this is a story. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Please go on. <laughs> so this place, it was in Coromandel Valley, which is in the Adelaide Hills, okay. just behind Blackwood. All right. It was a, a really, really nice house, double story house. And the the rent for one of the girls who lived in this house knew the landlord. Okay. It was like a family friend. Yeah. So the rent was ridiculously cheap. Yeah. Like Fifty bucks a week or something. Jesus Christ. Yeah. Um so one of my friends had moved in and there was still a spare room and he was like, Hey man, do you wanna move in? Yeah. And I was like, Yeah. Yeah. And you know, none of us had jobs. Yeah, perfect. <laughs> um, we're all on Centrelink, and there were only two rules to this place: don't smoke inside, yeah, and keep it clean. Yeah. Well, <laughs> the main the girl who had found the house and was friends with the landlord, her name was Tammy. Mm-hmm. She had a room upstairs, and the rest of us all lived downstairs. Yeah. We it it became pretty clear probably about two weeks in that our lifestyles and Tammy's were not compatible. <laughs> so we were like, well, let's just drive her insane. Like, yeah. let's make her leave. Then we, we went have to your do house. Yeah. yeah. So we would start playing music mm-hmm. at, you know, 2am just blaring like, yeah. music. And she'd be like banging on the floor. Like, yeah. Stop it. Yeah. And we'd just keep playing it and you'd hear her walk down the stairs and she'd come along the hall and just before she got to the door, we'd push stop and just sit there in the dark and she'd be like, 
guys, you can't do this. And all of us would be, you know, hold, <laughs> just holding our faces, trying so hard not to laugh. Yeah. And she'd be like, I know you can hear me. And no one would say anything. We'd hear her go back upstairs. She'd walk along the, the floor, go into her room, close the door, play. It's <laughs> just terrorizing. Yeah. So, and we did this for about a week straight. And right. eventually she was like, I can't, I can't do this. Yeah. I'm losing my sanity. I can't do it. So as soon as she was out, it was like, fuck yeah, party house. Okay. We started smoking inside. Yeah. We started, we just trashed the place. Mm-hmm. There was a pond out the back that had these really old fish in it that the landlord loved. Yeah. yeah. We started pissing in the pond. Oh. The fish died. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> um, But yeah, this place was just, we were destroying the place and destroying ourselves and one day um you know we were doing a lot of drugs and stuff as well there and one day i was just looking at the dudes i was living with and i was like fuck you dudes look haggard yeah right and i was like it kind of scared me a little because i was like do people think that when they look at me yeah right and you know there was a there was a show that night it was at the underground, it's like a DOC show mm-hmm. or something at the underground. And I was there and um, someone had an Earth Crisis hoodie on mm-hmm. and it had the discipline lyrics on the back. Yeah. And I can just remember just being in the crowd and just seeing that and reading it and it kind of was like, wow, maybe this, maybe this straight edge thing isn't as dumb as I thought it was. Like it sounds, sounds pretty cool. And I started looking into it a little bit Mm -hmm. and, uh, fully started researching earth crisis lyrics. Yeah. Like earth. Did you like the band before that? Or I had had a, a brief dabble, like firestorm. Yeah. You know, like I'd heard that and it was just like chug and yeah, I was like, yeah, this is sick. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) But, um, you know, they, from reading their lyrics and, um, seeing their point on it, uh, straight edge to me was like, it was like a full on serious thing. Do you mm-hmm. know what I mean? And I was kind of hesitant, like if I wanted to be straight edge, cause it was, they made it quite clear that it wasn't something like, you know. This is something you do for a little bit and then yeah, right, right. you step out. It's like, this is a full on serious commitment. Yeah. And so it was probably like, I don't know, a month or so of just umming and ahhing. Were you still then... drinking and stuff at that point? Or... No. Okay. And, uh, yeah, it was just like, no, I'm going to be straight edge. Yeah. And that was that. And there it was. Yeah. And so did that, what was your relationship with the people in that house from then though? Or did you bail? Yeah, I moved out. Yeah. I moved out. And, uh, I mean, we still see each other occasionally. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, one of them took a, a pretty bad turn. I mean, he has no teeth now Jesus from rubbing meth into all of them, into his gums so that all his teeth fell out. Fucking hell. Um, but yeah, that was... Yeah. And so how old were you then? 19. Okay. And so from, 
So when you were obviously, when did you leave Adelaide? 2007. Okay. So when, like, I guess when you were enacting in, you were still, I guess, like actively involved, I suppose, in the sort of Christian element as well. Mm -hmm. And then you were, you know, you just sort of gotten involved with Strat Edge and then that was something that had become like a large part of your lifestyle. When, when did that, that turn that you spoke about, when did that come where you realized that that sort of wasn't linking up well together? Um, well, I had just moved to Melbourne and I'd moved into a house with Tom. Yep. Tom Whalen. Mm-hmm. And I don't know, we were, I was dating this girl from Sydney as well who'd moved down mm-hmm. and she wasn't Christian. Yeah. And just like one day, I don't know, I was in some bad mood. How rare. (laughs) (laughs) And and I was just like, you know what? Like, God just, I don't think he's real. Yeah. And And I was like, well, wait, before you do anything hasty, let's just go through the pros and and cons of of this train of thought why why isn't he real and i'm like never ever talked to him yeah doesn't do anything Mm -hmm. you know like ask him for help nothing happens he doesn't write back yeah Yeah. and i'm like well what's good about it yeah i'm just like nothing yeah there's there's no pros. I don't want to go to church. I don't like church. Yeah. And to be honest, I don't, I don't think I particularly like many Christians as well because it just seems so flawed. Okay. Like the, just the, you know, there's this set the of... system ru- or the people? <clears throat> the system. Right. Like it's this set of rules, mm-hmm. essentially. Yeah. But none of them follow them. Yeah. Because they're human. For sure, yeah. It's just, it's... It's just a running a it's race designed that, to fail. <laughs> yeah, running a race that can't be won. Yeah, and I was like, well, you know what? I'm kind of kind of tired. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I want to sit down and. Well, I guess how old were you at that point? Uh, what's that? Two thousand and seven, twenty-four. That's a long time to have been. I mean, for I mean, it's a long time for anyone to commit to anything. Yeah. Let alone committing that. When you think about it, like you spent twenty-four years of your life. Like having believed well, in something, it was a huge decision as well. Dude. Yeah, yeah. Like, it was, oh, I bet it was. Like, Crazy. It was. I can't imagine making a decision now that's like, well, I've been here for twenty six years. Yeah, <laughs> better give up on that. You know, it was just like that's why it's really interesting to me. Like I can, I can remember sitting on the couch with Tom, and I was like, I don't think I believe in God anymore. And Tom just turned around and he just goes, "Well." You're on the winning team now. <laughs> I was like, oh, yeah. that makes me feel better. Yeah. But then like the backlash from deciding to quit Team Jesus was... Really? Yeah, people weren't happy. It seems like so counterproductive to the message they're trying to spread. Yeah. Well, it's, and that to me was kind of like the confirmation as well. You know what I mean? Like, like people who like, cunts about it. Yeah, it's like... Well, Clearly, you know nothing about the love aspect of of Christianity. So, like, what what other parts are, are true or fake? Do you know yeah. what I mean? Like, you just can't... But, yeah, fuck it. Yeah. Well, I mean, 
I would say you're better for it, from my personal opinion. <laughs> I, I think I'm better for it too. Yeah. It's like it, it eliminates a lot of stress. Yeah, and a lot of unnecessary stress as well. <laughs> so um, at this point, you'd moved to Melbourne. Have you? Did you go back to Adelaide, or was you've been here since then? In oh, you went to Sydney. You lived in Sydney for a while, didn't you? That's right when I was born. So it's like Sydney, New Zealand, uh, Adelaide. Yeah, right. Sorry. Then to Melbourne like for a year in 2001, then back to Adelaide. Ah, uh, okay. That's... And then back to Melbourne in 2007. Okay. And I've been here since. Yeah, okay. That's it. So, um, <clears throat> when you're, like, I guess when you'd moved here <clears throat> and you'd sort of kicked religion, mm. I suppose, was, um, like, did Straight Edge then start taking, like, more of a, like, important part of your life then was that something that filled a void that that may have left as well or has that always been the same no I I think it was it was the same if if anything it made me it probably just made me focus on myself more Mm -hmm. you know what I mean like to me when I was when I was being Christian in those last you know couple of months it was like Kind of like I was living a lie. Kind of like I was pretending. Okay. And to be able to finally be like, you know what? This is who I am and this is who I want to be. And just being able to shake all of that off. It was like, right. Well, now I can focus on what the real me wants to do. Yeah, you know sure. I mean? And that was just go on tour and... Yeah. Yeah. Jump in. Do fun stuff. Yeah, jump in <laughs> bands and... Um, just be an irresponsible young adult. <laughs> um, Alright, well, let's talk about the podcast that you guys have been doing. Okay. You and Tom, the yeah. person that you yeah, the, decided to... The guy that ruined my life. Decided to break Christian <laughs> with. Um, so, uh, actually, before you do that, I'm going to get another beer. Sorry. No. All this talk of strategy has made me thirsty. No. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's all about the counterbalance. Yeah, right. Someone's got to be the, the yin to my yang. So, what brought on, what was the the thought process and the background behind doing the podcast for you guys? Um, I'd been thinking about doing it for a long time, mm-hmm. um, but one, I'm technologically retarded. <laughs> yes, <laughs> a difficulty when doing this sort of thing. Um, and I thought if I do it on my own, there's a really high chance of running out of ideas okay um and so i thought fuck who's someone that i that i could do it with originally i really wanted to do it with um weber yeah but him being in adelaide so it's just conducive yeah, yeah it just can't work um but then i was like oh tom will do it you know he runs washed up records yeah, yeah. there's a 
you know, he's got his ear to the ground in sure a lot of a lot of different um, aspects of music that I wouldn't. Uh-huh. Um, and so I thought, well, if we combine, it could could make for something good. Yeah, cool. And somehow it works. Yeah, well, yeah, <laughs> yeah, it's great. And uh, yeah, twenty four episodes strong. That's fucking sick. Yeah, I think I don't know. Did I do the eighth episode of your one? Have a look, because this will be the eighth episode of my one. Oh wow! Which I only figured that out on driving home from work before. Uh, but that would be uh, quite a harmonious union there. <laughs> <laughs> um, what are you? You're number nine. Uh, fuck. It's <laughs> okay. This is still going to be number eight. Um. Okay, so what was the? Obviously, yeah, you wanted to do it. What, what was the the initial concept behind doing it? What was your your uh, your plan for it? I just wanted to get people in and just talk to them. Mm-hmm. Um, people I found interesting. Yeah, and people that I knew would have cool shit to say. Yeah, and I just wanted to talk shit. You yeah, know what I mean, I like just yeah. have a microphone there and. Kind of have an idea of, you know, a few things I wanted to talk about, but I just, I really like the idea of just letting it, letting it go where it goes. Yeah. I have the same thing. Like, I mean, my, I guess the kind of the point of this one is to discuss people's way into music and then how music informed other things. But then at the same time, like, uh, the one I did with Callum got like, I had questions that I, like, totally abandoned within, yeah. like, five minutes. That I was just like, fuck this, I'm not going to ask me these questions. Like, <laughs> like, he's fucking telling me all these funny stories. I can't not listen to these stories now, you know? Yeah. Um, so, <clears throat> as this goes along for you guys, then, is it something that you are angling uh, within the confines of anything? Or are you trying to, like, keep it open to more than just music and people that you've yeah, met I'd, through that realm. I mean, I guess like the, the start of it was very, um, music oriented. Mm-hmm. And I guess in a lot of it, there's also a, a pretty big, um, straight edge aspect to it. Sure. We discuss it a lot. Yeah. Um, but I mean, yeah, I'm like I said before, like I'm the, Tom is the structure to the podcast. Sure. And I'm the, let's do this. Yeah. He's yeah. like, I don't know if that'll work. Go, Who cares? Let's yeah. do it. Yeah. Yeah. But, um, I mean, we're trying to, we're in the process right now of trying to get, uh, Tass Pappas, that skateboarder mm-hmm. on the show. And, um, I don't know. Like I, I, j- I just want to talk to interesting people. Sure. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, whoever that might be. And then maybe try and, you know, even if it's not a music person, try and get some musical shit out of them. Right, okay. I guess that's that's a thing for me as well. Like, it's sort of... Music's a fairly broad, like, thing you can cover. Like, it's a topic that's, like, quite far-reaching. Like, I think a lot of, like quite a few of the people that I've spoken to have been like primarily P 
people from bands. Yeah. And, I mean, the like I've said when I've talked to them on this, that the reason that it's easy for me to do that is because I play in a band, and that's yeah. how I met them, and I'm friends with them, but, like, a lot of the things that I would discuss with them outside of a recording device probably wouldn't be <laughs> supremely interesting <laughs> for everyone to hear about. But, like that that element is interesting yeah. and like but then as well like i am like with yourself and with other people like obviously you've played in bands in the past as well but like um my whole thing is that like i just i think i have a similar idea in the sense that like i would happily just as long as it for me if this starts about music and then it can spring off the other things yeah, then but that's but it's weird how Music can be a um, a full on similar thing with people, but they don't realize it. Like, yeah, you know, like you can talk about, you know, people always watch, um, you know, like Saturday morning TV when they're a young kid or whatever. Yeah, and you just be like, um, you know, talking about a certain band, like for example. Blink-182. Mm-hmm. I can remember one of the first times I ever saw Blink-182 was on Recovery. Yeah. And then someone who might not even be associated with punk or anything would be like, Recovery? That show was sick! Yeah, yeah. And bang. It there happened. it goes, yeah. And I'll tell you what, Recovery, that show, I'm positive that show changed so many people's <laughs> lives. Yeah, we definitely like, would have, yeah. I first heard the Deftones yeah. on Recovery and man... Like they're playing, yeah, playing my own summer. And yeah. I can remember sitting on the, sitting in my parents' room before going to football or something mm-hmm. like that, and that came on, and I was like, "Whoa, yeah, <laughs> yeah." It's like holy <laughs> shit, yeah. this is great. Yeah, that's sick. So, is the the straight edge element of uh, obviously both you and Thomas straight edge? Is that something that you feel is going like? I mean, obviously you've got all these other sort of ideas and agendas for the podcast, but is that something you want to sort of uphold within it regularly or is it just something... I think so because, I mean, to both of us, straight edge is a really important thing. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? And um, I don't know, I kind of like tying it in to, to different things. I mean, even talking to people who are, you know, super far removed from from hardcore or anything like that. Yeah. Maybe even asking them what they think about, mm-hmm. about straight edge like that. Like an, an outsider's view is always really interesting. Yeah, sure. Cause like, you know, sometimes they get it. Yeah. And other times they're like, the fuck? Like, yeah, this is, this whole idea is just something so foreign to me. Do you know what yeah. I mean? Yeah. No, that, I, can, that I, can lead into a real in, interesting discussion as well. Yeah. It's a funny thing though, because as well, it's like, like obviously I did, your podcast and I it was fun but I was drunk it was when sick, I was there <laughs> like was sick. I don't know if anyone I'd noticed actually, that I listened but... to that episode the other day <laughs> yeah and um fuck what was that band malevolent malevolent creation. creation yeah and like the song finishes yeah and there's the microphone kicks back in and there's that silence and then you're just like that was so sick <laughs> <laughs> that's what seven beers will do to you <laughs> Um, yeah, but like, I, I, I don't know. I think that's one of those things that like, I don't know if it's an outsider thing, but I definitely, you definitely, I definitely still see it 
within the realm of the sort of music that you and I are involved with is that there's still like a great divide between people who are like straight edge and people who drink and like from both perspectives like uh, like um like people uh, from my angle I see it often where like people are like oh you know fucking he doesn't drink and like that's probably the same angle as like a you know a person who's not involved with the alternative yeah. sort of music scene perspective on things but like for me it's always been one of those things like like for, okay, let's for Patty for example when I met Patty he drank and then he was straight edge and then when he was straight edge I was just like I was just sort of getting involved with hardcore at the time and I obviously knew what it was but I was like okay cool whatever and then I remember not heaps of people but at the time some people were like oh fucking sucks better than drink anymore I was like fuck do you care what he does like he's not telling you to not drink shut the fuck up like in uh in Adelaide when we were growing up we hung out with this graffiti writer called Cab who was really good friends with Big Jim (laughs) and he's he's way older than all of us like you know in his 40s sure and I can remember he like Jim introduced him to all of us and you know the hardcore scene and, and what it was all about yeah and I remember one day, like, you know, they were talking about straight edge and vegetarianism and veganism and, mm-hmm. you know, how, the importance of it in hardcore and stuff like that. And Cab was like, wait a minute, wait a minute. So, you put importance on what you eat and what you drink? Yeah. And there was like, you know, Jim was like, well, yeah, some people do. And Cab was just like, who the fuck cares? <laughs> yeah. It's like matter and liquid. Yeah. And I was like, wow, that's like a... I'd I'd never ever thought about it like that. Very profound statement. Yeah, Yeah. that's actually really true. Yeah. And it's so weird that, like, you know, from someone yelling into a microphone and people playing their instruments kind of badly, (laughs) that uh, these ideals just happen. Yeah, that's true. It's really weird. It's, it's one of those things, like, I've never... I guess I've always been for it because I've always seen um, the reason people are a part of it. Like, often a lot of people that I know are involved with it because they've seen a lot of either, like, alcohol abuse or mm. drug abuse or things have adversely happened to them because of the consumption of alcohol or drugs mm. and, like, that's an effect on them. But then... The other, like, that's why I'm like, oh, it's fucking chill. I don't give a shit. You can do you. But then at the same time, like, while I'm saying that, I only see, like, the consumption of alcohol as, like, a pure state of enjoyment. Because (laughs) I, like, but the thing for me is, like, I don't come from a background where anyone, or that I directly grew up with on you. Like, when I was a kid, I never saw anyone, like, being a fuckwit because they were drunk or, like... I mean, if I did, I definitely can't remember it or the problem was solved quicker than I could remember. Mm. So for me, when I f- sort of started, you know, being involved with it, it was like, oh, this is just fun. Mm. And then like, of course, I'm a human. I've done dumb shit and fucked up and like made mistakes because of yeah. it. But like, sorry, not because of it, because I was 
on it and then my brain didn't work <laughs> yeah. but like but then I guess that if you flip the coin like you could say the same thing about me like I I have a reputation of having yes. a an extremely short temper yeah and if I you know if push comes to shove I'm not scared of going to the shove you know yeah. what I mean but um and I think like a lot of times whether it be at a show or if I've been out and something has occurred, like I'm pretty sure that uh, has given people who, you know, maybe didn't even uh, have straight edge in a good light to begin with. Definitely. Yeah. are just like, Oh fuck that guy. That guy, <laughs> he's just fucking, he's just fucking fighting anyone. But, yeah. but then I, I don't know. Like I, I look that at, doesn't have that again to the, to defend it, even though I'm not a part of it, that's got nothing to do with the fact that you don't drink. Yeah, well, that's like that's just how you choose. Just like my to brain live, is bro. fucked. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But I mean, like one of the one of the most important things I ever got out of punk and hardcore was to look out for my friends. Yeah, and I think that being straight edge goes hand in hand with that. Like, for example, like when we were out at that. Uh, that hotel in oh, Brunswick. Perfect. We gotta talk about this thing. <laughs> and we're at the bar. Yeah. And well, you were at the bar, and I just walked out, and there's some old guy there, and I all I heard was, "I'm gonna fucking stab you." Yeah. And I was like, I was horrified. <laughs> instantly saw red and yeah. just got you out of the way. I'm like, you're not gonna do shit, mate. <laughs> Fuck off. Yeah. And I mean, like, obviously, that's not the not the smartest thing to do with someone that's threatening to stab you. No. I didn't know if he had a knife or not, no. but I guess like that's just the way I'm wired. You know what I mean? Yeah. If someone's, if someone's going to try and fuck with my friends, they're, they're going to have to fuck with me. Cause yeah. I'm just going to sort it out. I mean, I, I would say that at the time, oh, I was definitely pissed, but also the fact that I was like, when that dude said that to me, I was like, oh, fuck. <laughs> like that was the thought, not like, oh shit, I'm going to get stabbed. It was like, Oh God! I'm so drunk. What am I gonna do? Like, I can't get away from this. Like, I, I may, okay, like in my head, I remember. Like, I don't really remember, but I do remember. Like, when it's brought up, the feeling of being like, "Great, I'm gonna get stabbed." Like, not like, not fear. Just like, I'm pissed. I can't do anything yeah, about this. It. And like, the funniest thing was. After you did that, the fucking bartender going like, all right, boys, uh, just have a couple pints on the house. Because yeah, like... he was like wrapped up within that cunt's bullshit. Yeah. And like, I guess like that is an element of fucking drinking that I can see as being like an absolute fucking nightmare is when people are like, oh, this guy's some fucking local at the bar. He's just going around threatening to stab people. <laughs> like... Just because he's friends with the bartender. And he's this sober, random idiot that's not <laughs> going to put up with it. <laughs> well, I'm glad you were there. But who cares? We got two pints out of it. We got two so pints. Yep. Sick. Keep it going. Stab right. someone else, mate. We're Jesus. not interested. <laughs> what a night. Yeah, that was weird. Um. Alright, well, I think we can probably clip this for now. Do you have any things you want to... Spruik, obviously the podcast. Where can people hear it? It's um, called Stu and Tom's Podcast. What an original okay. name. Right? <laughs> Again, that's like... Great title. Yeah, that's just me being like, oh, 
I can't think of a cool name. Let's. That's good. Wait, there's a, a Stu and Tom. Do it. Yeah, why not Stu and Tom's podcast? That's a good idea. Perfect. Um, but yeah, you can uh, find the podcast on SoundCloud and iTunes, mm-hmm. um, and you can follow it on Twitter at Stu and Tom's PC. Fuck yeah. Um, what do you have coming up for the podcast? What do you have? Do you have anything planned that you can reveal or um, when's your next show coming up? The next show is being recorded tomorrow. Cool. Um, I don't know what we're doing. <laughs> I've got, got no idea. Yeah. And that's the way with most of it. That, yeah. Some of the best ones we've had are just swinging it. We just don't even know what's happening. Yeah. Well, I'm glad. Like, we organised this this week. Yeah. So. Um, but uh, last week we interviewed a guy called Bill Conway who does a podcast called Edgeland. Yep. Where he interviews someone that is straight edge and then someone that used to be straight edge. Okay. And next week, Bill will be interviewing me and Tom. Sure. So, yeah, we'll be on that. And That's cool. you can find the Edgeland podcast... On iTunes as well, and it's a really interesting listen. Yeah, cool. This is the. Um, it's an interesting premise doing that. Yeah, well, the the people he interviews are are real cool. Like, lots of like old hardcore legends. Cool. And the with the people who used to be straight edge, it's not condescending or anything. It's just yeah. like it's just having a chat and sure. finding out what changed and yeah, some of it's really really interesting. Yeah, sick. Um, all right. I forgot to do this in the last two, so I'm going to do it to you now. Okay. Um, give me a top five. Okay. Of elements, uh, top five elements of Adelaide mm-hmm. that you would never change. What are five things about Adelaide that you would always want to stay the same? Number one. Yeah. They're Joe and loving it. Okay. Very good. What a restaurant! <laughs> oh my god. You can I think never, I've only been there once. You can life. never eat there. If you go to Adelaide on tour, you've got to That's why I think I've only been there once. You've got to fly because he he just closes. Like, the <laughs> sign says, I'll close whenever I want. <laughs> and you're just like, oh, for fuck's sake. <laughs> the yeah. amount of times I've I've got into Adelaide on a tour mm-hmm. and have... Been gagging for it. ...run up those stairs and just... They're like, yes, it's still open! And kick open the door and he's like, we're shut! <laughs> Damn it. Oh, fuck you, Vegos guy. Why All can't right. you just have normal hours? <laughs> so Vegos is number one. Number two. Oh. Clarity Records. Fuck yeah. That shop Fucking is, big shout out to Clarity Records. That shop is so sick yeah. and Footy and Laura do such a great job with it. Fucking earth. Best. Unbelievable. Um Are we allowed to go back in time? Yeah, go on. If I could relive the 2005 to 2006 summer uh-huh. forever... You would? I would. Why? It was just... We just had a a huge crew, like mm-hmm. Stronghold dudes, Through Closed Eyes dudes. Yeah. We all lived in the, in the same area. Mm-hmm. And every single day we just hit the Henley Beach jetty. We just we just claimed it like that summer it was ours. <laughs> we were telling people to leave if they if they weren't in the crew. Yeah, like you can't jump off this jetty. This is our jetty. <laughs> Fuck off. And that was just it was just the wildest time. Yeah. All right. So that's number three. Number four. Um. 
Day of Contempt. Yeah. Very good. Oh, man. I love TSC. Yeah, dude. Fuck. What a band, huh? Yeah. Like, maybe... Maybe no, not so much the uh, the incarnation oh, it turned into when they when they relocated. <laughs> that brilliant hair quite had for a while. <laughs> mm, yeah, had this wonderful makeup. Yeah, maybe not that, but uh, pre that. Yeah, sick man. Yeah. All right, last one. Um, one thing about Adelaide, I wouldn't change. The Hughes Street House. Okay. Which is... Uh, Delve into that for me. Uh, Dan Jones <laughs> lived it, found this house in Hughes Street in my land. And I moved in there 2005. Yeah. And it was just like the... Like, before that, the Adelaide Hardcore House was the um, Parkville house, the... Weber and Coy and Macala mm-hmm. and everyone had lived in. Mm-hmm. But, you know, those dudes um, started touring heaps and obviously Coy went to California with the OC. Sure. And um, then this Hugh Street house was just like, that was the place. Yeah. Like, every touring band would stay at our house. The front door was pretty much always open. There'd just be like people on constant rotation, sure. just coming through, hanging out. Yeah, me and Dan didn't have jobs. Yeah, very so relaxed. Then. Yeah, <laughs> and uh, <laughs> it was just it was just wild. It was just like a and it was so close to the city, like ten minutes to walk to the city. Yeah, sick. Yeah, Footy and Laura were right around the corner. Yeah, it's awesome. It was just Great. it was just a wild time to be alive. Yeah. I'm going to throw one in. Okay. For one thing I would never change about Adelaide. is our fucking shot point bike spitting venom resist t-shirt. <laughs> the best thing ever. Okay. <laughs> this is, okay, this is a story. Go on. That's why I said it. This is, this is a story. Well, yeah, I, any story I could collect about that shirt, I'll happily have. I remember the night before... That tour started. <laughs> I was at Weber and Jigsy's house, yeah. and we were because I was doing merch on the tour. They were like, "I was like, let me see what I'm selling." Yeah, and we pulled out one shirt, and I was like, "Oh, cool." Yeah, you know, this is pretty good. There was a, I think there were those hoodies with the SPB and the gun. Yeah, on it, and I was like, "Yeah, they're pretty cool." And then there was one more box, and it had <laughs> Venom written on it. Oh, and I was God. like, Venom. And I went to the bathroom and came back and was in the kitchen and Jigsy opened the box and I just heard him go, no, no. (laughs) And Weber's like, what? What's wrong? And I could, I just hear Weber go, what the fuck? (laughs) And I look out and we see that fucking purple snake spitting the green juice Oh god! And Weber's like, "Is this? This has to be a joke. This has to be a fucking joke." <laughs> and he gets on the phone and calls Brett, and he's like, "What do you know about this shirt?" Yeah. And Brett's like, "Yeah, I designed it. Isn't it awesome?" And Weber's like, "No!" Oh god! And it's the worst it's... selling shirt in Shot Point Blank history, but. Now it's a full-on collector's item, too. 
<laughs> because it's just so dumb. Why is it spitting the Resist logo? Oh. Is Resist the Venom? What? It doesn't make sense. Yeah. <laughs> you, need to, you need to get Brett on here. And I, I, I will, but also I kind of just want... I want, like, Graz's approval to print just, like, a one-of-one version of that shirt. Never to wear, but just to have. Like, <laughs> maybe I'll frame it, just because oh, it's so funny. God, that tour was um, was with Jungle Fever as well. Yeah. And they had a camo shirt yep. with a yellow custard bear. Great. Another... I think that Gabe's talked to me about that shirt, just... Actually, and Brett talks about it all the time too. That's probably why he talks about yeah, it. Like no one, no one wanted to uh, buy that camo shirt. And for the last, I think it was last five shows, we just started selling them for five bucks. Oh, and they slowly got out. When we were in Perth, there was one left. And this girl came up to the merch desk and was like, "I'll have that one." And I go, "It's the last one, and it's all yours. I'm glad to get rid of it." Yeah. And she's like, "How much is that?" Yeah, five bucks. Like oh, like look kind of surprised and it's like yeah it's, it's only five bucks yeah. She takes the shirt, walks off, and comes back about a minute later. Yeah, she's like got this suspicious look on her face, <laughs> and she goes, and I wish I was joking about this. I'm still confused as as to why anyone would ever say this. Yeah, but she goes, <coughs> is it so cheap because you jizzed in it? <laughs> it's like. What? Yeah. She's like, did you jizz in the shirt? Yeah. No. <laughs> and she's like, oh, okay. <laughs> Perth. Good one. Yeah. Well, that's a perfect place to end the podcast. Yeah. <laughs> I, I didn't and I don't <coughs> ejaculate in shirts. shirts. I don't do it. All right. You heard it here first. Well, thank you for doing this. Um, it was sick. Nah, thanks Good for having chat. me. My pleasure. Yeah. All right. Listen to I Exist. Brutal.